Support for Silicon Slopes comes from Harmon's Neighborhood Grocer, where food lovers can take cooking classes to learn knife handling, wine pairing, sushi rolling, and fresh pasta preparation. Locations can be found at harmonsgrocery.com. Harmon's, your food, our passion. To the This Is The Place podcast, a Silicon Slopes production. I'm Meg Walter in studio with Chris Rowe. Meg, hello today. How are you, Chris? Meg, I am great. How you seem to be a little down in the dumps, I however. Just, I have a headache. And I think it's the weather because I'm super old and weather affects my head. And driving, <laughs> I need an explanation on that. I you can't just I don't move know. On. I'm just, I'm like 80 years old. And driving into work today, it was super windy, and there was, like, dust blowing everywhere, and it was, like, Mad Max Fury Road, and I think that, like, maybe depressed me a little bit. Oh, when did the weather start affecting your health? I don't know, forever. I was, like, born... It's always happened? Like, an old lady. Wow. I've, like, always been an old lady. <laughs> what happens when you're old? Do you become young? I think that I'll just, like, finally, like, you're like feel a, at home. You're vibrant and not dragging everyone around you down <laughs> into the like, depths of emotional despair. This is who I was despair. always meant to be. <laughs> You're going to be the one in 100 old person who everybody likes being around and is like lively and says funny things. Uh, do you know Bill Burr? The uh, comedian. comedian. Yeah. Yes. He does this bit about going to an old folks home and it was like his grandpa's 100th birthday. And so they went and celebrated at this retirement home. And he said that all the women are like super cute and lively and talkative and do their hair. And the men look like they're already dead. They are like mouse agape. That's what I have to become. Barely moving. (laughs) For some reason, in like super old age, the women just do better than the men. (laughs) I hate that we're going to have to do a complete flip flop. Right now, I'm incredibly young and vibrant, and the weather affects my health not one bit. Really? You're the exact what opposite in mood? all of those categories. Does it affect your mood? <laughs> yes. It, it only does now that I've started golfing. Yeah. And so when it's bad weather, I get, like, crusty because I want to go golf. I think the further into spring we get, the more depressed I am when it rains or snows, right? Yes. You have, like, a taste of warm, delightful weather, and you're, like, happy, and you're outside gardening, and then it rains, and you're just absolutely miserable. Well, everybody's way bitter right now, and for good reason, because it won't stop snowing, and it's... It's supposed well to into snow springtime. tomorrow. It's supposed to snow This happens tomorrow. every year in Utah, though. And every year we're like, what? It's April. It's snowing. And We've it's never literally every year. We've never experienced weather like this. <laughs> we're all just so dramatic. Don't you love talking about the weather with people? That is one thing I've noticed as I've gotten older. I'm being dead serious. <laughs> My favorite thing is when people take a screenshot of the weather app on their <laughs> phone, as though none of the rest of us have access to the weather app on our phone. <laughs> My favorite is when you meet complete strangers and all they want to talk about is how crazy the recent spell of weather is. <laughs> <laughs> Three inches of snow in mid-April. It's better than like, so what do you think about our president or like something like. It's oh. way better than when they're like, so what is your company again? And I'm like, the, have you seen the snow on the ground? What <laughs> Let's hate, talk more about that. What I hate is when people are like, so what's Silicon Slopes? And I give them like an answer and then they like want to drill down on that answer and four steps in. I'm oh. like, can we just change the subject? There's no way you're going to comprehend what it is because I can't explain it. No, we can't comprehend it or no. nor explain I'm it. I'm still not it's a really combination sure of both what of Silicon Slopes is. I'm to the point where I do know that it's a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, it's it gets we a little get bit murky. We get sweatshirts. 
Yeah, I'm currently wearing clothing. We have access to a podcast studio. We can record podcasts. We have desks. We have desks. I think we're like pseudo teachers. We almost kind of educate people. They come and sit in our desks and we teach them the great complexities of life. Can you imagine? (laughs) Thank you, class, for showing up today. My name is Chris. This is Meg. We have a couple things to tell you about the weather. I don't know if you have the app on your phone. I don't know phone, if you've ever seen this but app. But look at this. I swipe left on my phone. It immediately brings up what the weather is today <laughs> and tomorrow and the next 10 days. This little swirly thing means wind. <laughs> Maybe that is what Silicon Slope should become. Just us teaching people about... The weather about, channel. Just us teaching people about the weather and like how to access information on what the weather is going to be like. Have you ever seen the weatherman actually doing the weather in studio? Not for 25 years, probably. So I... Oh, are you saying in person? Yeah. Oh, no. So That sounds terrifying. Last December for Startup Santa, I went and did a spot on KUTV. I thought you were going to say you went and told everybody the weather. Oh, that would have been amazing. I mean, it was still a great experience. Books, 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 today and tomorrow. But, you know, it's like morning news. And it's like segment, segment, segment. And, like, right before me was weather. And I just watched the guy in front of a green screen, like, knowing exactly where to put his hands and explain what was going on. How did he know? It was incredible. I think there's, like, a little screen, but still he had to, like, mimic that screen on the bigger screen. Um, that guy has a lot of talent. I've always made fun of weather people because they're fake artists. They just pretend like they know things when in actuality they're just looking at a nap on their phone and then pretending like they know what's going to happen. <laughs> that, my friend, is a pot-calling kettle black. So that doesn't take skill. However... Pointing to a green screen with no information on it and then looking at another screen and being able to determine things, that's pretty skillful. While smiling and being charismatic. That would take me at least two days to learn how to do. At least two days. Three. Okay, three days. In three days, I could become 100% full on Weatherman. I mean, maybe. Speaking of of not knowing what you're talking about. Speaking of weather... I tell thought you were going to say, speaking of the weather. Speaking of the weather, and tell me about tech it was going to be a great transition news. to the IPO storm that's approaching, Meg. Wow. Already so a professional got, weatherman. We've got Pluralsight. we got Domo. Okay, yeah. So last week we went over Pluralsight and Domo. Uh-huh. Everybody's getting hot and bothered about the IPO stuff that's happening. <laughs> oh, well, at least. I'm speaking for me personally, but I'm assuming everyone else is in the same boat. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so just barely, Qualtrics announced an acquisition. They acquired a company called Delighted. It's a Bay Area startup. They created one-touch ratings for companies like Uber and Postmates. Qualtrics came in and bought them. Cool. Which is cool news in and of itself, but coinciding with that Forbes reports, this is like a big step for some reason toward them turning public. So now we have a third company throwing their hat into the ring, throwing their hat into the mix, throwing, what are they throwing in the ring? Putting a dog in the fight. Throwing a dog into the fight (laughs) for all you dog fighters out there. Don't do that. All of Michael Vick's fans are so happy right now. So Forbes is saying, all right, yeah, this is like a big step toward IPOing for Qualtrics, which everybody's coming out with this news at the same time. And it's all kind of news, but kind of not news in the sense that we knew all of these companies were going to go public. Pluralsight is the only one who has confidentially filed for IPO. The other two are just like, yeah, we're planning on filing for IPO, but we're still not sure when that is, which puts us in the same boat as we've been for like over a year. All last year, we just theorized on all those companies when they were going to go public. We're still kind of in that same boat. Even with Pluralsight filing for an IPO confidentially, we still don't really know when that's happening. Hmm. So we're still in the same boat is what I'm getting at, Meg. Here's my question. Okay. Pluralsight files for IPO confidentially, and we know about it. Isn't that great? 
I'm so confused by the confidential IPO filings. Yeah, what does that even mean? So I did a lot of reading on this, surprisingly. Usually I just go in and don't know anything and make everything you up. You just type blindfold. Which I did actually kind of do for the article, but I also went and read about confidential IPOs because I was confused about what was happening, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I read all about it on TechCrunch, and I still am kind of uncertain <laughs> on what they are. Yeah. The way that they explained it is it's a way for a company to file all their documents and stuff for an IPO and not have them scrutinized by the public in the same manner as just a normal filing. But I don't understand how that happens. Nobody was able to explain it. Uh, Yeah, that's weird. And then you can kind of like file the documents and just kind of chill and wait and then decide when they're actually going to go through. Oof. So Sounds stressful. (laughs) Sounds like a grand time if you ask me. That's where we're at with everybody. Oh. And we haven't even talked about Vivint, which who knows when they're going to file. Everybody also thinks they will be in that mix at some point. We just don't know when. That's going to be four public companies. Ryan Smith was quoted in the Forbes article as saying, at the start of the year at Tech Summit, he'd said, I think three or four companies within Utah are going to be public this year. So We already that, have Instructure. That's kind of coming to fruition here. Yeah, so. Well, yeah, we already have public companies, but I'm saying like we're going to have new ones this year. Three or yeah. four. Three or four, Meg. Wow. The weather. Wow. Wow. The IPO weather. The wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. The storm clouds are moving Change in. Change is coming. <laughs> Ten-day forecast. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> My shoe was falling off. Meg, Meg just got so far away from the I'm microphone. Such a mess right now. Meg has a lump in her hair. I do. Well, you I did have a lump in your hair. It. I fixed it. Okay. Your, your hair looks great now, for the record. Thank you. Tell me about Drip. So Drip is a Minneapolis-based company. They are a e-commerce-specific customer relationship management platform. Was that a mouthful or what? It's not a coffee company? You know, that's a good name for a coffee company for the record. I assumed it was a coffee company. They probably serve coffee there, but I don't know if it's financially beneficial to them. They probably just give coffee to people. It's, Any, it's like a courtesy coffee. It's like a courtesy coffee. It doesn't really make a lot of money. They probably just have a Keurig and people come and drink it and they're like, I don't really Don't like coffee people like hate Keurigs? Yeah. They're the worst. They're we not have cool. one in our office and people are like, oh, Keurig. Yeah. I'm, I'm part of that. I don't like it. How did we end up with one? Because we're idiots. We don't know up from down. We don't know the weather from a coffee maker. Uh-oh, are they a sponsor? Sorry, Keurig. Sorry, Sorry, weather. I never know who our sorry sponsors Sorry to Keurig and sorry There's to like all the- There's a new one every week. <laughs> all of the weathermen and all of the Keurigs that sponsor Silicon Slopes, I apologize. Me too. I've been harshing this podcast, and I do hate you. Oh, if things are about to get a lot harsher. I, I, do, I do hate you in like a really intense, passionate way, <laughs> but I am sorry about that hatred. Which kind of nullifies it, if you think about it. Sure. sure. <laughs> so I've gotten off the rails. Drip is a Minneapolis-based company. They kind of surveyed the United States. Oh, we want to open another location. Where should we bounce? Salt Lake City seems like a great plan. Does it not, Meg? SLC, you the live 801. In SLC. You live in SLC waiting there with open arms for all the businesses that are going to come in and Absolutely set up do. shop. do. So they've announced a new office. They grabbed, I'm blanking on his name. Let me look it up real quick. Former CTO of Inside Sales. His name is Steve Brain. That's oh, who cool. they nabbed to like head the Utah-based operation. So he's getting the team together, going to set up shop. Going to be a new drip. Rad. That's what's going on in Utah, Meg. This Friday. What else is going on in Utah, This Meg? Friday, we have a town hall with Lendio, CEO, Brock Blake. So tomorrow. Yes. Tomorrow. Yes, Chris, because tomorrow. Because today is Thursday. Yes. And not Monday. Yes. And then the following Friday, so a week from tomorrow, we have our startup conversation featuring a few CMOs. A few CMOs? They don't even have names? They're people, too. Here's the thing. We have two confirmed. (laughs) Here's the third thing. We don't know who the third is. One, I'm not sure if they're confirmed or not, so I'm not going to say names. 
So you let's, can vouch. Let's build some mystery. Can you yeah. vouch for there being three high quality CEOs? Absolutely. And yourself. You're like a high quality CMO in her own right, even if you're not called that. Thank you. I've always viewed you as such from the first day I met you. <laughs> well, there goes a high quality CMO. That looks like a CMO <laughs> if ever I've that seen That lady one. looks like the best CMO I've ever laid eyes upon. Wow. <laughs> so my first week here, we were like making images for the jazz to get Gordon Hayward to stay. And I made one with like fry sauce. And I was like, aren't you going to miss it if you leave all this fry sauce? And someone on Twitter was like, fire your creative team. <laughs> Immediately. Um, How mean are people on the internet? In oh, they're the worst. <laughs> they love telling us what they hate. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, they do. Oh, speaking of telling us what they hate. What? So I write stories. You might not know this. This is what I do for Silicon Slopes. <laughs> you do. This is shocking but true fact. I write a lot of stories for Silicon Slopes, and sometimes I'll write about companies, and for some strange reason, people will tweet out the story or whatever, you know, oh, you know, check this out. This company did this. Mm -hmm. And people will have a complaint about the company I wrote about, and so I will get tagged <laughs> in the tweet about the company that I wrote about. With them voicing their complaint, and now I'm sucked into this, like, trying to answer their complaints. Like, Your customer and, service. Yeah, I'm like, well, so explain the problem within the app again, and maybe I can help you out. It's horrible. <laughs> Twitter's the worst. I just barely had one on Twitter. Some guy who lives in Garden City uh -huh. was way mad about his phone and internet, and I was sucked into this vortex. <laughs> I was like a support staff for it. I was trying to walk this guy through, like, how to connect to the internet in Garden City. <laughs> Oh, humanity. I don't know. I don't know about humanity. <laughs> sorry, I keep sniffing. That's so yeah, gross. There's a lot of gross stuff happening on the other side of this. I'm so sorry. I think I have a cold. I'm you are, try really hard not to sniff. You anymore. are drastically affected by the weather in a way that we can't yeah, the, fully explain. The, the wind is giving me the sniffles. <laughs> Latest installment of Tech Gossip, Lamarck Zuckerberg. We're going back to the well, Meg. Saga. This continues. is a saga. We might do this as a segment for the rest of the entire year. So he had two congressional hearings last week, one in front of the Senate, one in front of the House. And, you know, it was rough. However, the roughest part... <laughs> I was going to say the roughest part wasn't even for little Mark it Z. It wasn't even Mark Z. It was for our dear Orrin. Well, it was, it was for our dear Orrin and also other senators as well. Yeah, but his was the quote that was pulled and shared a lot. All right, so set this up. Okay, so they're asking Mark Zuckerberg all these questions about the privacy and the advertising and blah, 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 blah. And Senator Hatch says, how do you sustain a business model in which users don't pay for your service? And then Zuckerberg paused for a moment, seemingly surprised by the basic nature of the question, and said, Senator, we run ads. And I watched the clip. Yeah, the quote doesn't do justice to the actual questioning because he's so earnest with the question. And Mark Zuckerberg, you can tell, is like, oh, my gosh. He's like, whoa, I don't what? So Hatch's team has said that this has been taken out of context. OK, please explain. And that it was a rhetorical question. That is a good comeback. I'm using that every time I ask a dumb question. Uh, it was a why, joke. Did you, why did you answer was rhetorical? Are you stupid? They said prior to that final question, he had set up. He'd set up the real zinger. Like that you have to do advertising if you want to run a free website, right? And that there's nothing wrong with that. But Facebook and other platforms should be upfront about what they're doing with users' data. Um, Matt Whitlock, his spokesperson and personal friend of mine, said, What? Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Senator Hatch focuses opening statement and line of questioning on Facebook's business model, noting himself that ads are a necessary part of the Internet age, Whitlock said. After, <laughs> this is from the Deseret News write-up, by the way. 
After a discussion about Facebook's business model, Hatch asked in summation how a company like Facebook can provide its service for free. A simple question intended to underscore the prior discussion, a common tactic used in congressional hearings to make a point. Okay, so I get it. I get that it's frustrating when the media <laughs> focuses on one thing that you said. But also, <laughs> I would avoid saying something that can be pulled and made to look make you look It's not great. Like you don't understand the internet at all. I can kind of empathize with the Hatch team because I also believe it was rhetorical when he tried to take his fake glasses <laughs> off of his head. So I understand where they're coming from here. Was it rhetorical when he recorded his Hanukkah song? But it was rhetorical when he was singing backup vocals for the Hanukkah song and didn't know the words to his own song. We're going to get fired. <laughs> so I don't want Orrin Hatch to feel left alone that he was the only person asking questions that really weren't the finest of questions. So I want to read a couple other like statements that senators were saying because there's okay, some good. funny yeah, stuff. Yeah, good. I'm ready. So Senator Roy Blunt, he's from Missouri. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even do it without like laughing. <laughs> it's so good. He gets in front of Mark Zuckerberg, and, you know, he's just fired up, ready to uh-huh. ask some questions. Uh-huh. What does he do with his opening reveal? He tells Mark Zuckerberg that he was the first lawmaker who had his Facebook address printed on his business card. Facebook Whoa. address, quote, in quotes. <laughs> what does that even mean? That's a thing. Did do he I, have an actual address? That's what I was saying. Is it, is it like an actual address? What is the address? <laughs> oh, Senator Bill Nelson from Florida. So this is also a quote. He revealed that after... Quote, communicating with my friends on Facebook and indicate. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm watching. <laughs> it's even funnier the second time you read it. So Senator Bill Nelson explains that he communicates with his friends on Facebook and he always talks about how he loves certain kinds of chocolate. That's like, that's like his forum, I think. I think he's in this like chocolate lovers forum. That's my guess. And then suddenly he's in there day and night. He's just talking about chocolate with his friends, you know, uh-huh. dark chocolate, milk, oh, man. white, <laughs> white. <laughs> wow, butterscotch mixed in. Oh, gosh. Unsweetened. So he's talking about this. And, and lo and behold, what happens? He starts receiving advertisements for chocolate and he freaked out. He was pissed about this. Oh, man. Do not. He loves his chocolate, but do not come at him with targeted chocolate ads. He wanted Mark Zuckerberg to know that. Okay, but honestly, that's kind of fair because, like, I buy something from Amazon once and for the next year, Amazon thinks I want to buy 80,000 of whatever it is I bought. So sometimes targeted ads are annoying. Other times they're actually a great blessing. And here's why I say this, because there are things that I buy that I just always kind of want to buy. And so when they're targeted, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get that. It's 20 bucks, whatever. And the other times that I don't want to buy it, it's better than just some random advertisement that I would never, ever, ever, ever click on. Right. That's true. It's usually from brands that I enjoy because I visited that brand. And that's the point. So even if I'm like, no, I already bought that. I don't want it. At least it's something that catches my attention in a way that a normal advertisement that's not targeted at all wouldn't. It's weird that I'm defending targeted ads, by It the is way. a little weird. And I also love chocolate. So <laughs> Here's the last stat of the day. Okay. And probably, like, why senators going and questioning Mark Zuckerberg on tech probably wasn't the finest idea. <laughs> the median age of the ranking members <laughs> of the two Senate committees was 80 years old. Not ideal. Have you ever seen that thing? I love that the United States government got together and they're like, we need to grill these young tech lads. Let's send out the 80-year-olds. Break them over the coals. Someone compiled a list of old people using Facebook like it's Google. Like they just are asking questions on Facebook. (laughs) Not like crowdsourcing, but like nearest Applebee's. Send. (laughs) 
I will bet any amount of money our United States senators have done that. One of them. Nearest chocolate shop. <laughs> she contacted an Applebee's and she was like, is my nephew there? And it was like the Applebee's Facebook page, the nationwide <laughs> Applebee's Facebook page. And they're like, hi, Shelly, we have 80,000 locations. <laughs> Can you help us narrow it down? And she responded with, never mind, he was at Chili's. (laughs) She went on Chili's page and found him? That's actually incredible that lady could do that. Does she just send out feelers on everybody's Facebook page when when she can't find somebody? Every, like, mid-level I heard he was going to Golden Corral, is he here? Is he at Olive Garden? (laughs) Anyway, yeah, maybe we should not have the geriatrics. (laughs) <laughs> grill the tech bro even like even a 50 year old i'd be okay with like they might have used facebook more for its intended purpose like shouting at strangers and getting into mean comment section battles oh yeah so whatever whatever the ba- Meg. The baby boomers are aggressive on facebook oh they're the number one aggressors of facebook yeah like once the baby boomers joined that's when things took a turn it was just this great outlet for all of their venom to be unleashed upon the world it was bad and particularly like aunts and uncles and cousins who they disagree with yeah, a lot of good family battles on Facebook. Actually, I see a lot of like ants arguing with. Their... Yeah, it's not like brothers and sisters. It's just these weird extended pieces that you don't yeah. really ever see them. But then or they like post something second about second cousin or something. Yeah, they post something about this like chocolate shop they love that you secretly hate, and then you just start freaking out about it. Aunt Elsa, you do not like this chocolate. It is not good for you. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, good work, United States Senate. Good work. I'm sure we'll Two have more up. Mark Zuckerberg news next week. <laughs> I, I'm just excited to find out that you're personal friends with Orrin Hatch's spokesman. So now we can ask him whenever he rhetorically does things, whether or not it was rhetorical. I think he stopped responding to my Facebook messages because oh, so I was friends. like, I was communicating with him every time Orrin Hatch did something. And I think I just like wore him out. <laughs> I would ask him if it was rhetorical, literally everything he did. Was that a rhetorical I hope so. I really hope that. Was it a literal movement or rhetorical? Where do we fall in this? Speaking of weird behavior, we have some weird Utah news. Yes. So I think we both read this first story because my husband tagged us both on good, Twitter. Good work, Which Steven. is like, I, that's something I recommend to listeners. Anytime you see a yes. weird news story, please tag us. Tag both of us in it. Actually, people have done that, but we haven't verbally asked for this out loud. We, it's we my want everybody thing. to do this. It's my absolute favorite thing. Most of Twitter brings me down. This is the one thing that brings me up. Yeah. It's so uplifting. So this guy lives in Lehigh up against like a field that's owned by Lehigh City, correct? It's a lady, yeah. Well, oh. she might have a guy with her, but a she's lady. the one who's quoted in the article. Pardon me. Um, no, it's not just a man's world, Meg. Okay. And all of a sudden, these tumbleweeds start showing up in her yard. And like one or two she can handle. But apparently, it's like a complete barrage of tumbleweeds all the time. And I was surprised to learn that tumbleweeds are something that actually like grow and then detach. I just thought tumbleweeds were like a collection of debris. But they're like an actual plant. Oh, yeah. They're built for this very purpose. And they're taking over her yard. They are taking over the world. And she's trying to do something about it, and nobody's listening. So your best option is to not have a fence. Let me tell you a little story. Okay. When I was younger, my parents moved to Spanish Fork, Utah, at the mouth of Spanish Fork Canyon. Okay. It's a total, like, just wind shoot. Oh, yeah. That's a windy place. Every morning and every night. It's a howling wind, right? Yeah. And so we were basically living in the Old West, where tumbleweeds would blow through all the time. But... We lived in all these white trash houses without fences, mm-hmm. and so they couldn't ever be stopped. So they just blow through. Yeah. But then you didn't have to deal with the aftermath. Oh. This lady had a city employee come and build a fence to like try to help things out. Made it worse. Made it worse. She's trapped now, by her own prosperity. She's trapped by her prosperity. It's a golden cage. There is... <laughs> I want to read the start of the article because it got me really excited. 
Hot and bothered? It got me quite hot and bothered, to tell you the truth. I'm uncomfortable right now. Every time the wind blows, a Lehigh mom fears what will come next. Good intro. Yeah, that's a lead. Here's the next part. We knew we would get dust and dirt, but rocks, said Sierra Harris. (laughs) Harris's home sits behind property. She said the city of Lehigh owns. She said that was just fine until 2013 when they started piling up dirt near her home. I love 2013. The great dirt pileup began. Well, and that was five years ago. What was Lehigh doing in 2013? Why were they piling dirt next to this poor lady's what house? What secrets are they hiding? What are they trying to in that bury? Field. What are they trying to bury? So now they build a fence to try to protect them from this dirt and debris. Mm-hmm. And it has cost them because the tumbleweeds have grown and blown into the house. Now every time there's a storm, they're trying to clean up these tumbleweeds. It's like an infestation of Lehigh locusts. City. Get your tumbleweeds out of our yards. What are you doing, Lehigh? Every time I walk outside our office in Lehigh, I have to clear tumbleweeds. They're all over my car. Lehigh is very windy. Lehigh is a windy place. Who do we talk to about this? The mayor? Here's my question. It's a plant, right? Okay. Couldn't we just like round up the tumbleweed plants? What? <laughs> Has no one thought of this? I was so stumped by that. In the five why, years, it's why, been an issue. Why can't we? Why can't we do this? Why is that just not a quick, what's happening? Just a quick tumbleweed round roundup. Roundup is not that expensive. That's like a job for two full-time city employees. That's it. They just go around and catch tumbleweeds. I would personally take that job. I would, too. You're out working under the hot sun with your hands. Honest work. Yeah. Getting a nice tan. Getting a tan. We'd be so tan. Imagine how tan we'd be. All right. This is our last podcast because we're going to go be tumbleweed catchers. <laughs> Screw being the porn czar. We want to be tumbleweed catchers for the city of Lehigh. So the nation just learned about fry sauce. Yeah. I'm confused by this. I thought everybody knew fry sauce was a thing, but they just didn't necessarily have it. Apparently, I was wrong. No. When we lived in Colorado... Every time we went to go get burgers, I'd have to ask for a cup of ketchup and a cup of mayo. And they're like, why don't we just put mayo and ketchup on your burger? I was like, no, 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 no. They have to be mixed and then applied and then the fries dipped in. They're not good separately. They're good together. Yeah. And they were like, what are you talking about? So all of our creations in the state of Utah, this is our finest creation. Oh, absolutely. I firmly believe that. Hands right? down. It's not even close. I don't even know what number two would be, but it'd be so far and away that you could fit I five mean, million tumbleweeds between the this The television gap. came from Utah, and I still think that fry sauce is the better innovation. Oh, television doesn't mean anything to me. No. Fry sauce means everything. Fry sauce is everything. I would bathe in it. I have bathed in it. I have drinking it plain. I I have drinking it plain. Is it drinking? I have drunk it? I have drinking it. I have drank in it. I think all of those were wrong. I drank it plain. But we are English majors, Meg. Yes, we are. So Heinz has this weird tweet about how mayonnaise plus ketchup equals, they're calling it mayo chup, which I find greatly offensive Rubs. because even if they were trying to pretend like they just created this thing, they have to come up with a better name. It's the worst name. It's appalling. It is an appalling name. It is a besmirchment on the name of CMOs. In the name of who? CMOs. Yes. You are one. Yeah. So Heinz comes out with this. And where do they decide to debut it? This mayo chup. Where? You know where? Where? The Middle East. What's what? the story there? They looked around the entire world and they're like, what's the one place that we should try this out to see people like? The Middle East. Maybe, that's where we maybe want. Maybe because that's the furthest what away they? from Utah and they've plagiarized us and they're mm, afraid we're going to come their after shame. them. They're trying to hide their shame. That's actually a pretty good theory. It was Arctic Circle who made it originally. Did you know that? No. Please explain. That's all I know. It was Arctic Circle. <laughs> Is that just some weird tale that has been told in utah but is a really realtor. actually not true a realtor told me that my realtor not mine actually one like that i see down the street <laughs> hey me. did you know <laughs> did you know where price house came from so arctic circle should maybe sue people freaked out that live in utah 
Well, my, my entire Twitter feed was cluttered for like three whole days where people were so angry about it. And for good reason. I don't fault them. I don't fault these people in their anger. No, because it's our thing. It's our thing. You come along, you act like it's your thing you just thought of. Bitch, please. Oh, wow. That is a CMO. She knows when to hit with the heavy punch. I bring the heavy when necessary. <laughs> so I wanted, oh, I forgot what I was going to say because your profanity. I'm really, so sorry. Your profanity really, it altered my course of thought. Um, <clears throat> this is riveting content. So tell me about this next story. Meg, you might remember, I don't know when it was, maybe six months or so ago, but cows rained down from the heavens. A trailer drove over an overpass yes. and met an unfortunate turn of events and threw cows everywhere onto the freeway and they died and it was just this bloody mess. Tragic. Tragic, bloody mess. Yeah. Meg, it's happening again. It has happened again. Are you serious? Same spot? <sighs> Not the same spot. Southern Utah. Down in Iron County, known for its bloody messes. A trailer filled with 1,900 pigs. 1,900 pigs? 1,900. A semi-truck was, go- was going too fast. Bam, flipped it. Pigs everywhere. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of pigs. 1,900 pigs. Oh. Think of how crazy that is. That's gruesome. Imagine, isn't it so weird going on the scene? I would avoid it at all costs. Yeah, like who's part of the cleanup crew? What's the story there? I hope it's not in the tumbleweed catcher job description. Oh, I would not. I I would need. I need a pay bump if I have to do the pig cleanup too. Right. I'm not super in. This is my own personal preference, and I'll speak for myself. You can say whether or not you agree. I'm not a big pig cleanup guy. Neither am I. Never been into it a lot. Yeah. I've been into some weird stuff. Not pig cleanup. That's sad. (laughs) There's nothing funny about this. No. There's not one funny thing. There's no jokes to tell. That's tragic. There are dead pigs everywhere. Did they all die? Every one of them. No, that's not true. <laughs> they don't know how many are dead yet. According to the article, some of them are dead. How does this keep happening? That's what I wanted to talk about. How are people who are driving tons and tons and tons of live beings in their trailer or trucks or whatever, how are they not driving super careful? When I strap on inanimate objects onto my truck, which mm-hmm. I don't have, but you get what I'm saying? No, yeah. I drive super slow and like taking these corners way slow. I'm driving on right. the freeway like 10 miles an hour. Right. So slow everywhere. Right. If I had living things, I don't even know what I would do. I'd probably be driving at one mile per hour. Max. You should not have kids. I do. <laughs> okay, thank you. That's good advice. Because then you have to drive at one mile anywhere. an hour. Yeah. Oh. I'm not an aggressive driver, so I don't think that would be that big of a deal. But Neither am I. So I I'm an overly cautious yeah, driver. I, I won't have kids. Don't worry. I won't okay. have kids. Okay. We can rest assured there. Uh-oh. It's time for our team meeting. <sighs> can we just give a quick 20 seconds on how big of a bummer our team meetings are? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's it, just us looking at the calendar. It, if, if anybody can notice the change in our voices, it's because <laughs> the 10-minute ding from Google Calendar showed up, and it said, you need to be in a team meeting. And the life was sucked straight from our bodies and we thrown do, in the trash. We do get lunch. It's not worth it. <laughs> not the fanciest, most incredible lunch on earth would be worth staring. We stare at the calendar for two hours. We go over it, and Clint says things that are on the calendar that he doesn't know what they are, which is everything on the calendar. Yeah. I'm supposed to be in Cedar City. What's going on in Cedar City? Yeah, I swear he goes to Cedar City like twice a week. And then we all talk about Cedar City for a while in our experiences. Like, yeah, Cedar City, there wasn't yeah, there wasn't that much to do. They got like, they got a Wendy's <laughs> and there's like a college. I went to a Cafe Rio once we in Cedar City. Ca- went to a Cafe Rio. It was pretty good. Wait, that's a real story though. And it was <laughs> oh. not... It was not the best guy. See, you're already getting started on our team meeting. We can't avoid it. You have already started telling your Cedar City tales. I had to, like, stand there for, like, a minute before anyone noticed I was there. And then, like, they were just super annoyed that I was there. 
Clint goes to Cedar City three times a week and we have to answer for your sins. Why? Why? Why do we have to talk about Cafe Rio in the times we've been there? Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Anyway, good good clothes, dead pigs, and team meetings. Talk to you later. Talk to everybody later. <laughs> See ya. Support for Silicon Slopes comes from Harmon's Neighborhood Grocer, where food lovers can take cooking classes to learn knife handling, wine pairing, sushi rolling, and fresh pasta preparation. Locations can be found at harmonsgrocery.com. Harmon's, your food, our passion.